BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of. One that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. One of the best decisions Kurt Busch ever made was to not listen to his friends and family. He says they all told him he shouldn't count on making a living as a NASCAR driver. Two decades later, he's won dozens of NASCAR races, including the Daytona 500. On this episode of the Carlos Watson Show podcast, Kurt Busch talks about how he worked his way up to become one of the most successful drivers in racing. Kurt, so nice to meet you. Thank you for uh, doing the show. Of course. Hey, Carlos, how are you, sir? Good, good. Where are you? Are you in? Uh, are you out out east, out west? Where are you? I'm out east. I'm in uh, Palm Beach, Florida area. Uh, we vacation and snowbird down here, uh, but the picture behind me defines it all. It's with my wife's polo horses. Oh, very nice. Is she a serious uh, uh, rider and, and racer and, and competitor? Yes, sir. Yeah, no, she's uh, been competing since she was age 11. And uh, I just love the tenacity that she brings to me when she puts her helmet on. When she goes to the polo <laughs> field, it's like, oh, this is, this is me, you know, this is exactly what I do. And so I just love to come down here, uh, number one, to support her, but number two, to really enjoy the weather this time of year. Yeah, I'm from Miami, so I know what you're talking about. I can appreciate uh, that good weather down there. How did you guys meet each other? How did you meet your wife? Uh, we met through her older sister. Um, I was a business partner with her older sister, and she invited her her sister to come to one of the races. And so the family is from Virginia, and I was racing real close to my hometown, or uh, sorry, my, my home residence in North Carolina, and so after the race, she drove home with me uh, and she's like, man, this whole NASCAR thing is huge. What's going on? I, I don't know what's, what? and I'm like, just, just relax, just relax. We got to do this 36 times a year. We travel every week. She goes, oh, I, I have no problem traveling. I, I do have my polo horses. I love to go. I love to compete. I'm like, really? That was like the number one pop quiz. And she passed it right away. I love it. Well, I love that her sister introduced. That says good things about you that her sister was willing to broker that because a lot of times people get close and aren't willing to give the stamp of approval. So I like that she uh, gave you the stamp of approval. Was it an older sister or younger sister? 
It's an older sister. Yes. Uh, and that's, that's where I think the connection was because, uh, Ashley and I are 11 years apart in age. So I'm a little older. Uh, she's a little younger, but again, like the family, I, I love them. They love me and the whole feel came through when her father, same type of question, right? He goes, so, uh, Kurt, uh, he said, uh, son, how old are you? I said, uh, uh sir, I'm, I'm 35. He goes, Oh, okay. You're old enough to date my daughter. <laughs> like, what, what was that? What was that? And, and yeah. it was the pop quiz question of, of becoming a male, of yeah. becoming an adult and understanding life, business. Yes. I, I went through a big phase in my uh, late 30s that's allowed me to, uh, to become who I am. And it's, it's been wonderful. And, and was, it, was it purposeful? Because uh, that is interesting, Kurt. When I first came across you, you were a little bit more of a hothead. And it's been kind of interesting. I call you in your Drew Brees years. It feels like you're in your Drew Brees years where you're still throwing for 5,000 yards a season. You're still you know, throwing for 40 touchdowns, but you seem like you might be in a different phase of life. Did you purposefully say, I can't be the same guy I was yesterday? Was that, was that very intentional? It's been over time. It's been um, this situation or meeting that person or experiencing a win or something out on the circuit and then having all the crew members rush in and go, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I think that that's been what's helped me in this latter part of my career um, because of early on, like you said, I was a hothead. I thought it was all about the driver. I thought it was all about me. I thought it was all about the talent that made a racer or made a championship happen, right? And over time, I've seen that it's about the team. You know, there's no I in team. But at the end of the day, I feel this part of my career has been more fulfilling because I'm giving back. I'm helping and pushing these guys in a direction to coach them through the things that I necessarily didn't receive early on. But I'm not going to complain about that. Like that's, that's part of what made me who I was then to become a champion early on. And then now to give back and to help these guys and ladies and everybody that's, that's part of our team. It, it's it, 2020 has brought us through a lot of stuff. And so it's yeah. just really neat to, to be in this part of my career and to be able to adapt and to adjust to all this. Kurt, what did make you so successful? Cause so many people love NASCAR. They love driving, but not everyone is successful. And certainly very few people have the kind of early success that you had. What about you? For those who don't maybe uh, know NASCAR and don't know racing in the way that you do, what has made you a winner? What kind of skills, uh, what kind of abilities have, have made you break through? It's, it's my tasteful sponsor plugs. I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> I love that monster energy drink, baby. I love it. That's hot. That's good. Okay. That's good. But of course, no, to, to your question and, and to this, to this topic, uh, I grew up watching Dale Earnhardt Sr. in the black good wrench, the man in black, the guy. And, and it's like, wait a minute, that, that teaches you. To, to be a Chevy loyalist. Uh, you know, I still have, you know, in the other room, Tide is our product of detergent that we use in our washing machine. It's the loyalty of the brand. It's not just me. It's not just this guy or your favorite manufacturer. 
or the car is painted really cool because everybody loves the, the matte black monster sponsorship car, right? It's, it's the loyalty of our fans. That's what I am. It's who I am because that's what I was raised within. And that's what I learned early on to give back and to push and to be that for all of our brands, all of it. It doesn't matter if I have a competing brand or somebody that's, uh, that, that is against me on track as a rival. It's all still about making the marketing work of this sport. And that's, that's what I think is the key thing is it's just giving back to the loyalty of our race fans. But, but say even more to me, if you don't mind, about the driving, because I don't know nearly as much about the driving as you, as you do and, and a lot of other people do. When I watch you, back in the day when I used to watch Jeff uh, Gordon or, you know, I was talking to Bubba Wallace the other day, like, like, what makes you a winner? Is it that you have a heavier foot? Is it that you can rub with the best of them? Is it that you know, you train in a certain way? Like, like what, is, what has made you win Daytona and win other big races? Um, D, all of the above. You know, yeah. I, I, I love to compete. I love to win. The tenacity and the, the skill that I have was, was God-given. It, it was instilled with, within my father, who taught me how to race, who also taught my little brother who's a champion and, and how to race. And I, honestly, the, the simple answer is we went to the racetrack when I was a kid early on, we went there to win. It, it wasn't social hour. It wasn't to hang out with buddies, you know, like, you know, I, I had a couple of girlfriends that came to the track and they're like, who are you? You're, you're a different person when you're at track. And so I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm just me when I'm at track. It's, it's that commitment. It's that commitment to craft, the, the dedication. Um, you know, there's 365 days in the year, and it's 24-7. And I, and I think that mentality shines through with my passion and my tenacity to win. And I, that's where it all came from. Have you ever had any fear as a driver? Has that ever been part of it as well? Because obviously you and I both know that every race doesn't end you know, at the finish line, have you ever had any, any fears as a driver? Every time that I hit switch and press start or jump into a race, of course. And, and then immediately you have to block it out and jump into why am I here? Why did this happen? And you just roll through the preparation. I mean, it's simple. It's, it's teamwork. Like we talked about earlier, it's the confidence to know that you have it. It's the preparation and video and, and running the lines through the simulator, uh, having the setup underneath. Uh, one thing that, that again, I'll, I'll revert back to my dad. I'm very blessed to know the car that I'm driving. I know how to work on it. I respect it and I feel it underneath me. And I think that's a key component that uh, a lot of the new kids are, are doing it different ways. Um, and, and so it just, it, you have to, to adapt to that too, as a driver, you have personalities that are coming in that are a little different and that's, that's who, um, that's who makes me is, is just still understanding the car and, and having that passion the way that I do. Kurt, what do you think you would have done? I mean, I know your dad was in racing and obviously, as you said, your younger brother, 
Uh, Kyle has been successful as well. But what would you have done if you hadn't made it in racing? Like, play that sliding doors game a little bit. What, what else do you think you would have done if you hadn't made it? I, I can take it the conversation this way or, or, or that way. And I always struggle with this question because it, it is such a, a blessing and a privilege and, and really just the, the, the feel of, of being in this position as a racer, as a professional race car driver in 2020 through COVID and everything that's going on, I, I feel blessed and I'm, I'm grateful for this opportunity. If I wasn't a racer, I honestly believe I'd have found something in racing. That whether I was a crew member, uh, you know, now that I, I've been in the sport longer, I've learned more about the marketing side. Uh, you know, the coaching side now is getting into my 40s. Uh, I want to help with, with that situation for people. And, but in all honesty, I mean, I'm a blue-collar kid from Las Vegas, you know, to hit on this end of the, the topic of I was a plumber. I was fixing water lines and main breaks for, for the city of Las Vegas when I was 19 years old after, after college. Like, college didn't work out for me. And I was pretty much racing three different jobs and three different teams and doing everything that I could to race. So you tell me, right? It was inevitably we were going to end up racing. <laughs> I, I love that. And that's, that's so interesting to, to think about where you were and to have that perspective. I don't know if you're a country music fan at all, but Jason Aldean uh, was telling me that he was uh, unloading, unloading Pepsi trucks. And he talked about something kind of similar and talked about, you know, I was asking him, he'd wanted to be a baseball player for a combination of reasons that didn't quite work out. Uh, and he said, Carl, I was unloading Pepsi trucks. And he's like, I don't know. And what's interesting is very similar to you. He says that he would have somehow gotten involved in music, whether he was writing uh, whether maybe he was marketing, et cetera, that he loved the music as much. And so that's interesting to hear you say one way or another, you think you would have been in the racing family or you would have tried to be uh, in the racing family um, as, as well. No, you're right. That's a beautiful pathway of unloading a truck. Uh, you know, we have a country music star that we're all thinking of right now. And he's sitting there thinking he's a baseball player as well. And it's every day he's, he's, he's taking this, this, this case and, and delivering it to this convenience store and this grocery store or this Walmart. And he's sitting there going, how am I going to make it in baseball, man? I'm thinking of that fast pitch. You know, I'm thinking of the curveball. I'm thinking of defense. What can I be as a better player? Oh, wait, I need to get my new cleats. You know, like <laughs> those are those things that are always going through your mind uh, as an athlete, uh, a musician, and as a talent, right? I mean, we all want to be that, but I'll tell you, it, it came at a cost. It, it came at a cost because there's a lot of people in my life that uh, said, hey, man, Kurt, you've got to quit this, this racing thing. It's not working out. You, you've got to grow up. You've got to take it to the next level of, of schooling. And it, my family, my mom and my dad, uh, Close friends, coworkers, coworkers always were on me. Kurt, you got to quit this racing thing because I, I was goofing off, you know? Like I was so committed to racing that they thought I was goofing off. I'm like, yeah, I am goofing off because this is me. I found it and I'm blessed again for that opportunity that I have currently today talking to you. 
Why do you think you trusted yourself in that moment? Because most of us, if we had parents, good friends, coworkers, if we were 18, 19, 20, telling us it's not going to work out, I hate to say it, but most of us probably would back away. Most of us would walk away. Why do you think you didn't? Why do you think you had the, I don't even know what to call it, but why do you think you continued uh, in the sport? Again, your, your questions are so beautiful. They're so detailed and like, let's, let's get into my soul. Right. And, and I feel there's this and there's that again. And the, the first part of it was I, I was flunking out of college. College was difficult. You know, I, I went through high school with a 3.6 GPA and had friends and buddies on motorcycles and people loved uh, coming by to see the, the race car. And, and when I went to college, uh, man, it, it was still all about cars. And I drove one time, I drove from where I was in college to a race. And when I got there, about halfway through, I realized, oh man, I only have like $35 in my pocket and my, my campus credit card isn't going to work. You know, I'm 18 years old. I left college and my campus credit card's not going to work. I get to the racetrack. I had to jump the fence to get in on, on the backside of the racetrack. Because I couldn't afford that $20 of a pit pass to get in because I needed gas money to get back. That way, nobody really knew where I was, right? I had to to kind of sneak through it. That whole drive back was was, was so beautiful. And it's the same thing that reminds me to push me harder each and every day as as a professional now. And, And that love... And that care of, and that's what that's what you're seeing on the second side of this is to give back to to show people that, yeah, it, it might not work out, you might you might fail, but again, trust that instinct and, and trust that value that that you're feeling right now of, well, where's he going? What's what's he doing? What's well, it's like we're on this conversation today. It's because you know it's going to happen the right way. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. 
Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. about the moment and I know for you this is old hat but but tell me about the moment where you went from loving this thing feeling as good as you did wanting this to work out but not really having a ton of people who believed along with you to when everybody else started to get aboard and when you knew that you were actually going to get to do this magical thing as a profession I think it's um one time each year there's that moment where it continues to, to just push upwards. Um, I, of course, my father gave me the great mechanical skill of learning the car and working on it and understanding it. Uh, I watched him as a kid through video. Um, you know, I was running the old uh, camcorder thing, man, on my shoulder. Oh, oh I like that. <laughs> and, and I'm watching him and I'm recording. And now you learn that art of recording something but his style of driving is what i wanted to be shown on the lens i mean i'm i'm 12 years old doing that stuff kids nowadays on their phones right they're they're doing everything five six years old at the way that we were doing things at uh you know 12 years then the next step happens i met this uh great racer uh in vegas and i just like whoa you're that guy man you're you're my uh baseball hero you know as a a baseball player kid i loved ryan sandberg on the chicago cubs why did i love the cubs wgn was on tv in las vegas uh, and my family's from chicago so now i'm a cubs fan for life because well wgn tv so you learn the TV side of it. You get a sponsor. This one sponsor goes, hey, man, uh, you're, you're a pretty talented kid. Uh, here, put, your de- put my decal on your car. And he gave me $100. Oh. Well, oh, my gosh. $100. What, what am I going to do with this? And I go, Dad, I think I just picked up a sponsor. And here's the $100. And here's the decal. And my dad says, well, what side of the car do you want to put the decal on? I went, oh, well, if, if we're in victory lane, yeah, we, we normally come in and it's the right side of the car. Mm-hmm. He goes, perfect answer. 
<laughs> put it right on the right side of the car. <laughs> and that's the motivation to win. That's the yeah. mo- it's like there's the subliminal things everywhere. Yeah. It's right under your nose right. the whole time. And that's that's what I try to continue to teach people. And each year uh, there was that guy. And then the next one was the next team owner that I raced for. Now I'm on ESPN winning races. Uh, and, and the intensity and, the, and my growth is just going like this. Um, I, I'll tell you, halfway through my professional career here in NASCAR, because I've been in it 20 years, um, I had a moment. I, I won a race. It was huge. I'm 10 years in. I had won a championship, and I wanted more. I wanted more. And in that race, I, we, we don't need to get into all the details, but it, it just – Something happened in my body. Something happened, and I needed to, to shift out of that. And it took a while. And so that's, uh, that, that's where I still want to go back. And that's where you still see me 20 years into this pushing harder than ever. It's because I've learned so much in the beginning, and I want to do so much now. It's that, that old cliche, you know, if I, if I could have the, the youthfulness with the wisdom – that's that's what you want to have in life and and that's what i'm convincing myself of and others to do around me it's so funny that you're saying that uh kurt we had a wonderful actor who you've seen before glenn turman on the show uh yesterday he's 73 now he's been in great tv shows and movies and broadway since the 60s and he was joking that you know youth is wasted on the young you know that old phrase and he says you know, he used to hear people say it, but now he really feels it. And he kind of looks around and kind of goes, damn it, I kind of wish I had, uh, I could kind of have back some of those years. And it can be kind of uh, special, uh, special in that way. I mean, but when people told me that early in my life, I'm like, no problem. I'm good, man. I'm, I'm going to make sure that I capitalize on this with all my wisdom right now. Mm-hmm. Of course you can't. I mean, did people tell you that? Did 100%. you feel that? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, and so it's yeah. great to it's great to be humbled by those words, and then at the same time be able to to give a message back later in life and go, you know what? It's the people that you end up coming in contact with, and the ones that you really listen to are the ones that uh, that make a big impact. Who are your friends in other sports, um, Kurt? I mean, I know you're a baseball fan. I know you're a big Cubs fan. But, but do you have close friends in other sports as well? And if so, who are they? You know, uh, my, my phone is, is littered with a bunch of guys. Uh, you know, whether it's golf and, and Tiger Woods, yeah. Monster Energy brought us together. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Rob Gronkowski is with Monster Energy, and you have those moments of, of a, a quick text yeah. and a relationship. Yeah. Uh, you know, KB, uh, Chris Bryant on the Cubs is a Vegas native. Uh, I met him at spring training. Uh, we had a, we had a cool moment grabbing a picture together, but we haven't had the time to hang out. There, there's his season. There's my season, and then one one interesting person, uh, one one cool dude, and, and his wife. They're very powerful. Uh, Justin Berlander. Oh. Uh, he's here in South Florida with with the Astros spring training, so he'll be here later on uh, in the off season for me with his season ramping up. Right. And he has a love for cars. And so it's great to, to be able to, to share the, the car stuff with him and with uh, Kate. Uh, she loves uh, her modeling and everything that's going on in her life. And that's teaching Ashley, my wife, 
some small things that she can do with launching her bikini line, Monarch Rain. And so you just, you find people or bump into people that just end up with the same passion for, for work, for, for enjoyment, uh, you know, getting together for a nice dinner and some drinks and then having that time off. Um, that's, that's who I think I end up uh, relating to the most. You know, it's funny. Part of the reason I was asking you is because I was hearing what you were talking about, the camcorder and the rest, and you reminded me of meeting Kobe back in the day and hearing Kobe tell me about, you know, filming his father and watching his father play and that impacting him. And I've heard people like Peyton Manning say the same thing about watching his own dad. And so part of me now is just starting to think about these kind of multi-generational athletes. You know, obviously your pop... um, uh, was in the game and your brother as well too, and wondering how much how much that plays a role uh, plays a role as well. Hey, tell me a little bit uh, about about getting older in your sport because it feels like there's several interesting things going on right now. One is that people are still winning, <laughs> but two, it sounds like the economics are changing for you guys, and that they're increasingly these one year contracts uh, for many people instead of multi year contracts, which almost seem to be um, counterintuitive that, that people are still getting better and winning, but the leash is getting shorter and shorter. Is that something you guys talk a lot about in the sport? There, there is that, um, that delicate balance of a veteran thinks and knows and understands what his net worth is, you know, a, a fair market value, you could say. And there's the young guy that I, I've been told this when I was young, it has all this blue sky above him. You know, he's got all this potential and we're going to pay him $33, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to, to drive the car. Yeah. That's, uh, that's the fun balance right now that, that I feel. But I, honestly, I, I get back to the, to the sponsorship side. Mm-hmm. It, it's having the, the partnership and it's having the belief in that company uh, and them believing in you to do the job. It's not just driving the car anymore. It, it's the marketing. It's, it's the social media. It's the pizzazz. It's, it's the who you are when you're not taking the checkered flag. Ultimately, it's the checkered flag. Right, that's what I coach every young driver. That's what anybody, male, female, Haley Deegan is a young driver, and she's coming up through the monster ranks, right? And I tell her, go after the checkered flag. That's what you have to do. Right. And so there's the, the marketing value. The, the owners know that. There's the, the balance of what a driver, if I'm coaching anybody, a driver has to bring that sponsorship to a team. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it organic. That, that's what makes it the feel of, of whom that person is when you're watching the race goes, man, I, I'm going to go buy Monster Energy because Kurt's cool. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna click on GoDaddy.com because Danica Patrick is cool with that sponsor. I mean, I I honestly said to Danica on her end of her racing career, I go, you need to tie back in, you know, to GoDaddy, connect to that originality that people recognized you from from the beginning, and that'll just be another five, six, ten years of, of powerful impacts that that people will resonate through and understand and it gets back to being that gm goodrich black chevrolet dale earnhardt senior guy or having tied you know sitting in my laundry room that's that's what our sport is about 
You know, that's so interesting that you say that. I remember Jeff Gordon's dad was telling me that when I asked him about why Jeff had been so successful. He said, you know, Jeff was a, a an aggressive driver. He wasn't afraid to challenge. He went through a whole series of other things. He said, but Carlos, I think the most important thing Jeff has done is keep some of the same sponsors for years so that we never had to worry about whether we had the best crew and the best cars and all the best things because we had – I think he had DuPont. I, I wanted to say that he had Pepsi. And he had like three that he said, Carlos, if you watch me, I've had the same handful of folks for 10 or 15 years. And he said, that quiet stability is like worth its weight in gold so I can focus on racing. And it's interesting hearing you talk about sponsors because it's clear that that's a bigger deal in your sport than maybe in football or basketball or other sports. Uh, it, it is. Wow. I mean, listening to you, I, I learned something about a legend. And a guy I looked up to in my sport of NASCAR about Jeff Gordon going, hey, man, we're only going to deal with blue chip companies. I I learned that from an agent early in my career. You know, you're going to have people coming in from all directions going, hey, uh, I need you on this uh, TV channel promoting this product. And it's like, well, how long is is that product going to be around or what? What's their real purpose? What's going on here? And that's, that's again, where, you know, I'm so proud to, to have great partners. I mean, Monster Energy, I won't grab the can again, uh, you know, with the manufacturers that are involved in NASCAR that I race for. Uh, Oakley Sunglasses, I, I've been with them for over a decade. It's, it's that cool blue chip company that you just want them to do the advertising for you. The money might not be the total big thing, but it's the same thing as what, what did we all learn when Michael Jordan showed us the last dance uh, uh, when, when pandemic started, right? And there was the 10 week episodes right. of Michael Jordan. The biggest moment in that whole ordeal, if you're talking about marketing, his mom said, you're going to Oregon and you're going to talk to Nike. And Jordan's like, oh man, I, I, I wanted the Adidas deal. His mom said, no, you're going to go talk to, to Nike. Yeah. It's, it's having that. that, that, right? That mother's instinct to know. Yeah, yeah. And having those people around you, and you have to be smart enough to grab the right wordage or grab those right feelings and grab that vibe. And, and, be, able, and be able to hear them in that way. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. 
smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. Kurt, tell me about this year in NASCAR, because I was talking to Bubba a lot about Black Lives Matter and the pandemic and all the things uh, that have seeped their way into everything in society, but including NASCAR. What's it been like for you, particularly as a veteran who's seen NASCAR over a long period of time? Did it feel like that conversation landed in the right way? Did it only create tumult but no change? What, what What have you seen? It was incredible. Uh, I was impacted by it, um, I think, less than, than others because I grew up in a very diverse town. Las Vegas has people from all over the world that come in and settle in there. And our school system in Clark County was incredible to integrate everybody together and to play sports and to understand that some kids were, were less privileged than others and, and others had to work harder and got less. And, and I'm thankful that my mom, my dad, my families, and my grandmother, uh, she's not alive in, anymore, but she taught me a lot because she grew up in, in uh, Illinois, but she spent a lot of time in Alabama. She spent a lot of time in the South. And what's great with this year and, and the way that everything came about for me uh, with Bubba Wallace, Bubba Wallace did an incredible job of, of pushing our sport of NASCAR into a new set of eyes. And it's not just the same eyes that were there. It's everybody that came in like, well, what's going on? Wait, wait, they're getting rid of the Confederate flag. I, I didn't even know the Confederate flag was, was standing for what it meant. It, I just thought people flew it in the South because they still think that the, the war was won down there. It's like, no, no, it's not. But I was just like, hey, just let them fly the flag. But Bubba, he's, he's just like us. He's driven. He wants to win. And he's now connecting himself in a better way. And he's using that platform, which I think is, is appropriate. It's, it's tasteful and it's meaningful. And, and now you have Michael Jordan. 
you know, we talked about him a little bit earlier. Yeah. Denny yep. Hamlin coming in going, all right, we're starting to race team. And, you know, there could be a second car that might join Bubba Wallace over there in, in years to come. And it's because of the traction and the loyalty and the commitment that Bubba is giving to this sport. And that's what I tell people. I think Bubba's doing a great job right now to make himself better to be able to win more races. That's what I see as a racer in him. And the fans, your fans, how did they relate to you? Because, for example, I think I saw on Instagram where you supported Blackout, uh, the Blackout Tuesday and, and other things like that. Did you get fans saying, boy, that's the right thing to do, Kurt? Or did you get a lot of pushback and people saying, you know, Kurt, why are you going there? Why are you supporting Black Lives Matter? I, I hardly felt any friction at all. I, I think the understanding for all of us is to, to continue to make unity happen more easily. That's what I took from it. And so whether there's a, a couple comments here or there's some positivity over there, to me, it, you can't look at one to help direct the other. It's about being right here self-centered and, and soul-centered to help push any and everybody to come together in unity. That's what I learned from all of this. Kurt, what would surprise people who aren't NASCAR fans and don't spend time in the NASCAR world? What would surprise them most about the whole uh, NASCAR world, whether it's something about the fans or something about just the whole energy of it? What would surprise people who again, might be baseball fans or basketball fans or hockey fans, but don't really spend any time around NASCAR, what would surprise them? We've got to get everybody back to track. The biggest thing is, is the sound. It's the feel. It's the car zooming by you at 200 miles an hour. We have to have our fans back in the grandstands. That's the number one most surprising thing. Um, and then outside of that, it's, it's the accessibility. It's the accessibility of the drivers. The, the hospitality events, the autograph sessions. You, you see us because we know we're there representing sponsors. We're not there representing ourselves. Ourself ends up happening through our sponsors and through our community and through the sport of NASCAR. Other athletes, I think, show up, do autographs, this or that, just because they're told to. For us, we know we have to. Interesting. So you guys end up with probably a deeper connection to your fans in many ways. Yes, sir. So, so, all right. So as they used to say, riddle me this. Um, uh, I see all these NASCAR drivers have often surprised people uh, uh, by how attractive uh, their partners were. How does that happen? How do the NASCAR women and men end up attracting the most you know, handsome guys and, and girls. How does that happen? Why why are you guys uh, why are you guys uh, uh, such uh, such objects of lust? Why is that true? All right, I'm going to send you my driver bag. You know, it's got a <laughs> helmet in it, and it's got the suit made of Nomax. Man, you're yeah. you're going to protect yourself from fire. Okay, you put it on, and you tell me how you feel. Okay, you're going to feel incredible, and you're going to feel like you can challenge anything. Uh, that, that's what we all do in motorsports. When you have an engine, when you have a car, when you have a motorcycle, it doesn't matter if it's a dirt bike, you know, a street bike like the MotoGP guys. I'm telling you, it, the chicks dig the danger. That's it. That's all I got to say. The, the danger. The danger. Oh, 
Interesting. That's, that, I, that's I, where I, it starts. That's where it starts. You see a lot of young kids with, with you know, girls that, that got dudes and, and the hotties that are hanging out with the guys. It doesn't matter. It's, it's just the danger. That is, that is so interesting. That, that was not what I predicted, but that, but that makes sense now that I hear you say it. That was not what I predicted. Right, what did so you predict? That. Tell me what you predicted. You know, I, I, did, I didn't know. If I'm 100% honest, I didn't know why. I did not know why. I didn't know why. I didn't know why Danica was going out with Aaron Rodgers or whoever she was going out with. I didn't know why you and all the other guys were attracting so many attractive folks yourself. But but I knew there was something going on there. And every time I'd see you guys take the trophy cup, every time I'd see you guys get the checkered flag, you know, it was distinctive. It was noticeable. So it was uh so it was it was uh it was uh it was fun to see. That's that's really uh that's interesting. So so, so what are you going to do after you stop driving? Because I assume you're not going to drive forever. And I assume a little bit like they say there's a cliff for Tom Brady and Drew Brees and all these other guys, that there's a cliff when it comes even to veteran drivers. So what will you do on the other side of this? No, thank you. I, again, I, I blush when you, when you say Drew Brees and Tom Brady and uh, the Jimmy Johnson yeah. of NASCAR just retired. I mean, he's a seven-time champion. That who, Who's going to – fill that void who's going to do that and you know for me uh I, I love racing i've got a great sponsor with monster energy to me uh again it gets back to that uh, crew members helping young engineers and young crew guys develop i feel like that's an easy part for me to give back um i've actually been on uh, 10 races with uh fox with fox sports commentating and giving back to the, the nascar truck series and the Xfinity series, you know, just under NASCAR's top level. Now I'm a commentator, you know, it, it'd be like, just like commentating a, an NBA game or something, you know, with our viewership. I'm like, Oh yeah, that guy's a baller. This guy's doing this on track and he gets it. And, and I'm just having that fun with, with the commentating side, um, you know, driver development, working with the teams and, and the teams is as far as a scout and helping young drivers come in or picking the right guy and then developing them, uh, the right girl, it doesn't matter. To me, it's finding that right talent. And that's, that's part of it too. So I don't know. I keep telling everybody right now, I feel like uh, I'm a deck of cards. There's 52 cards sitting right there in front of me. And we all know which ones we need to get rid of right away, right? You want to hold on to face cards. You want to hold on to face cards because those make things happen in life. Ooh, I like that. Oh, that's good. I'm going to remember that. I like that. I like that a lot. All right, so, so I'm going to move you towards uh, Thanksgiving for two seconds. Any interesting uh, Thanksgiving uh, um, uh, traditions in your family, in the Bush family? What, uh, what do you guys do? Uh, number one, my mom's stuffing is the best. Um, she throws mushrooms down in the whole mixture. And then my wife made it better by putting in spicy sausage into the stuffing. I'm like, and then I made the mistake of um, brining the best bird three years ago. Ooh, that's good. I like brining. Yeah, I just put it in a bucket. I, I got it from Home Depot. Uh, hey, man, I should check my uh, should check my stock ticker and make sure Home Depot's <laughs> going up. I put it in the bucket and put all the spices on there, and now everybody loves my bird the best. So now I got to cook the bird here for a while. I love that. I love that. Hey, um, uh, uh, tell me what kind of business man you are because I'm hearing you say a couple of things here 
that make me think that you might be good with the dollar. Is that right? Or are you are you a good business guy, or do you leave it to other people, or how does that work? It, you know, to me, um, when I won my first race, not racing for my dad, and the check came in, and it was a hundred and ten dollars. I'm telling you, I, I should never have cashed it, but I I know the visual remembrance of that check and I cashed it and I said you know what now I have gas money to get to my next race and that race up there could pay eleven hundred dollars and then the next one the next one the next one I've always just gone after the trophy of course and the money would come in and when it came in I would just never look at it I would focus on driving. And then about five, six years in, I'm sitting on this. I bought my parents a house and, and some land in North Carolina. Uh, you know, uh, my little brother came up in racing. I helped him get to where he needed to go. And I started just stashing away certain monies. And, and then I started investing monies. Um, and then now working with uh, different people through commercial real estate. Um, Real estate this year has been incredible. It's through the roof, uh, especially with my father-in-law teaching me a bunch of things about uh, the west side of uh, Washington, D.C. In Virginia, everybody's trying to get out of city centers, and they're heading to the suburbs. And he's a big developer in that area. And he's coaching me through some, some uh, new sequences, you could say, of investment. But again, it gets back to the people. It gets back to trusting people and investing money. I've been very, I was slow in the beginning, but things are starting to ramp up now. Hey, Kurt, tell me this because you could help me and you could help my audience and a lot of people. I know you had anger issues when you were younger, but I'm talking to a guy now who seems more settled than most people I talk to. And, and A, is it what I see? Are you truly that settled? Is the anger stuff behind you? And B, how did you do it? Because, you're, again, you're not the only one who struggles with anger issues. Other people do as well, and they could learn from your journey. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I would say that it's easy to make mistakes when you're younger. And you have to look yourself in the mirror and go, okay, um, was that me or was that the competitive me? And when I learned that they're both the same, it, it took a while. It's that anything that I say or anything that I do is, is open for uh, scrutiny, you know, um, misinterpretation. It's open to uh, motivation. It's, it's open to coaching. And, and it's the same thing as like a, you know, coach Bobby Knight from Indiana where he's tossing a chair across the, the, the floor. I'm like, <laughs> that guy's cool. You know, he's like coaching, you know, like pick your, you know, what up, you know, like get after it. You know, he's coaching through fear. Then there's, there's coach K, you know, coach Josefki and, and at Duke who's coaching through praise. He sits there and goes, uh, it's okay. You know, you, you miss a free throw. No problem. There's a second one right behind it. There's ways to, to coach people through things. And you have to connect. And people would talk to me over here. People would talk to me over there. And I'm like, I, I don't care. I just want to go after the trophy. And 
what I, there isn't that one moment. I, that's your question. Yeah. And I, I struggle to answer that to, to a lot of people. It, it, it develops over time. It's seeing it through your own eyes, looking in the mirror and adjusting over time. And that's, that's where it gets back to the, the old, uh, what youth is wasted on the young. That's, yeah. that's part of it. I, I, well, I love that. And I'm okay that, that there isn't some one moment and I'm okay uh, that it's a journey. Hey, Kurt, as we wrap up, do you mind if I do a little rapid fire with you and hit you with five or six things and I want your, uh, your immediate reaction? Sure, sure, of course, yeah. Uh, what's your favorite movie? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Six Pack. Kenny Rogers took six kids and coached them through not stealing race car parts, but to become better individuals. Love that. Love that. Who's your favorite comedian? Uh, Will Ferrell. Man, it just, uh, Will, I love his dry sense of humor. It connects, and Talladega Nights was, was brilliant. Uh, your favorite musician? Steven Tyler. He played at my post-wedding party, man. It was, it was incredible. Monster helped all line it up. Larry Rudolph, his manager, all those guys were, were, were so, like, insane. And we dropped, I, I didn't learn, like, when you drop a curtain, it's called dropping a kabuti or something. I don't know. Like when they dropped the kabuti, like Steven Tyler's there jamming on a white piano and people were like, Oh, this, this is a cool imposter band. You know, he, he might look like Steven. That's Steven Tyler. <laughs> That's good. I like that. That's good. That's good. That was a, uh, that was a good win. That was definitely a good win. Um, uh, uh, tell me if you could have dinner with anyone alive or dead, who would you love to have dinner with? Um, I didn't grow up in politics. Um, my last name is Bush. It's spelled like the Anheuser-Busch family. Uh, but President Bush, H or W, I got to meet President Bush in the White House after winning the NASCAR championship. And I, I connected with him. I had, he gave us 45 minutes of, of just cool BSing back and forth in the Oval Office. We're talking about taxes and we're talking about uh, oil money and he was talking about sport and he wanted just like you to ask me questions of what makes me me i would love to understand more about just what he has seen around the world yeah i uh, i had a chance to sit with uh, president bush a year ago and and really enjoyed it he uh did you uh, wow oh he was he, he was he was funny he was interesting um, and I know his brother reasonably well, Jeb. And so it's been interesting over the years kind of tracking them that way. Um, but, yeah, very interesting guy. And uh, um, we have not had uh, uh, President Bush on the show yet. But now I'm going uh, to send his guy a note and, uh, and tell him. I like that. Tell him I like that. I like that. I like that. I'm going to send him a note. I'm going to send him a note today. His guy's name's Freddie. I'm going to ask Freddie. Uh, if uh, the president will come join us, that's good. It's going to be uh, be thanks to you. Um, uh, finally, tell me, uh, what's the most interesting thing you've learned about love, Kurt? Most interesting thing about love is is understanding the other person's needs and putting everything that you had in life, you know, aside and making their priorities your number one. That's that's been the number one love for me and. With my wife, Ashley, I'd love to give that every day to her, you know, whether it's waking up early and getting her a cup of coffee, uh, whether it's uh, stopping by the grocery store to say, you know what, I'm in charge of cooking tonight. 
Uh, it's, it's putting other needs first. Kurt, we're only meeting for the first time, but I can tell that, that this Ashley's a special woman and you're a changed man in a good, good way. And, uh, and, uh, and you're a blessed man. And so, uh, I'm, uh, I'm pleased to meet you. I hope I get a chance to meet her uh, at some point. And, uh, and I hope you come back to the show. I mean, especially when it's healthy. Your boy, Jeff Gordon, uh, uh, let me ride in the car with him uh, once, which was... Uh, How did you handle that? What track was it? Oh, man. We were, we were down in North Carolina. I didn't know what I was doing at all. I was nervous as all, as all get out. Because you know what? It gave me so much respect, though, for what you guys do. Because... If you just watch it on TV, that's one thing. But if you were in the car and you were going around at that speed, and then as Jeff was saying, if you imagine someone else is right up next to you, and a lot of people are right up next to you, so you're bumping and rubbing. Oh, that's part of the game. It's it's just like playing, you know, the the basketball in the paint. You know, you yeah. gotta know when you're in the paint versus when you're at half court. Yeah. Well, I've seen you uh, elbow your brother in the face. I saw a couple of those races. That wasn't me. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> do you, how, how well do you guys get along? I, I've got great sisters, but I always wanted a brother. Best sisters in the world, three of them. But I always wanted a brother. And so when I've seen you guys before at times, I've, I've wondered, how are, how are you guys together? Are you guys good together? What do you guys I, I don't know if this, uh, this conversation can happen in the timeline that we have here. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I love my little brother, uh, and I always love to say that too. He's my little brother. Uh, we're six years apart, and it, we grew up different. You know, I I was born in the '70s. He's born in the mid '80s, and just as we grew up, uh, the people that we came in contact with were different. But he's got little brother syndrome. He's got to do everything better and faster and stronger than me, and it's like. Pfft, you ain't going to be able to bring it until you you get older. And I tell you what, mid-2000s, yeah. he's now out there running and racing with Coach Gibbs at Joe yeah. Gibbs Racing. I couldn't keep up with him. He, he turned the tables on me, and I was getting mad about it, right? And then he saw it. He knew it. But it, it it's just – it's all now with age. It's all died down, and we love to help each other. And I'll tell you what, one thing that's come about of – of this pandemic and with COVID and everything that we've had to adjust to. And again, kudos to NASCAR, um, you know, not kudos, but just the, just the whole professionality of adjusting with the states, the local governments and putting a protocol in place for all of us to be able to go out there and perform and to be safe. Kyle and I have flown together every week. We're in our family bubble. Well, what did that do? It forced us to be together more our, our parents love this you know my wife ashley and, and kyle's wife samantha and my little nephew brexton all of us are together more and loving this and it's just been great to to spend time with kyle because we've done one thing over our whole career and it's always respect what our uh, confidentiality of our racing setups and our numbers with our cars we've always kept that like it's on lockdown but we've opened it up to other uh, pastures and other conversations uh, of detailed things about NASCAR and, and racing and the tracks and the people. And uh, the two of us have come together stronger through this whole thing. So that's, uh, that's the positive I'm taking out of, of COVID. Everybody says, you know, it's tough with family and it's more difficult and their kids at home and the schooling. I, 
I couldn't imagine, but I know it's, it's been difficult on everybody, but I encourage everybody to find something positive. Hey man, what a wonderful Thanksgiving message. I love you saying that now, just so you know it, you guys are going to be the first one when I do start having sibling shows because uh, we got Serena coming up, uh, on, on the show in a couple of weeks. I'm going to make her bring uh, Venus uh, one of these times. The next time you come, I want you to bring uh, bring little brother with you. Oh, that would be a gas. I, I would love that. You're going you're gonna to see a whole new element of bringing <laughs> the, the siblings together and why it all happened and who's better than who. I mean, the Manning brothers yeah. in NFL. Yeah. I mean, oh, let's yeah. just keep going. We'll find everybody uh, yeah. around the world of sport. I like that. I like that. Hey, uh, Kurt, I'm uh, I'm super grateful. You uh, you just made for a great Friday for me, and uh, I'm wishing uh, you and Ashley just a uh, terrific Thanksgiving. And like I said, I hope I get to meet you in person at some point. To you as well. Thank you. I appreciate uh, you having me on. And again, like in the spirit of Thanksgiving, um, enjoy and, and take care of family and, and enjoy just your time with everybody. Hey, Kurt, I'm going to leave you be. Thank you so much. Again, I'm grateful, and I hope you uh, hope you have a safe one. Thank you, Carlos. Okay. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Carlos Watson Show podcast. Please let your friends know they can find us on the iHeartRadio podcast app and Apple Podcasts. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.